Hey billionaires, I am so excited about today's episode because I am interviewing an amazing woman, an amazing influence in my life and in my business, Miss Bria Hash. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal businesswoman, an amazing coach, a mother, a daughter, and a friend. Y'all, make sure y'all listen to this interview. She's just going to drop some heavy gems, and you just need to get ready. Hold on tight, y'all. Billionaire Black Woman, Billionaire Boss Talk Podcast presents Miss Bria Hash. Billionaire Black Woman right here, none other than my amazing business coach. She is amazing, the amazing Miss Bria Hash. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bria, for joining us. I like to call you billionaire Bria in my mind (laughs) because of the jewels that you always drop. Like you are just an amazing person and an amazing coach. So thank you so, so much for coming on here, blessing us with your presence. Thank you, Ebony. And you know, every time you say that, you don't know it. I know that you know, we've had a relationship where I've been your coach, but you are speaking it into existence. You know, I know you're big on manifesting and, you know, speaking things into reality. Every time you say it, I receive it. So thank yeah. you for sharing that with me. And thank you for allowing me to be here to share with your audience. No problem. No problem. So let's get right into it, Brad. Let's, I want you to formally tell the audience who you are and what it is that you do. Absolutely. So If I tell your audience who I am, I have to take them back. This is a story that you probably do not know yet, but Mm -hmm. my story begins on a living room floor with my father standing in a puddle of his mom's blood. Mm. His father, my grandfather, had just shot his mother and it will be a fatal wound. She Mm. would end up dying a couple of weeks after that Mm. um and when i think about who i am and Mm. when i understand who i am it has to go back to that moment because Mm. i am the epitome of she should not be here Mm. there was Mm. a moment when i was in college and i was about to graduate and i remember being in my bed and i just thought to myself i'm older now than my grandmother was when she passed away My grandmother was 21 years old when her life got taken away from her. Mm -hmm. But when I think about who I am today, it goes back to that very moment because that is the very moment where a non-negotiable determination was born in my family and was that seed was planted in me. So I'm just a determined girl from Roanoke, Virginia, who will not quit. That's Mm -hmm. who I am. I mean, at my core, that is who I am. No matter what I do, no matter what role I'm playing in life, in my life or in others' lives, I just won't quit. I have a tenacity and audacity that is just rooted in me so deeply. And it's rooted that way because you never want something more than when someone or an entity tells you you can't have it. And when Mm -hmm. I know that when I was born or when before I was born, even before I was even thought of or had the potential to be born, Mm -hmm. I was already in a space of fighting to, to exist. So every single day I get up with a determination that pushes me and drives me. So that is who I am. But what I do Mm -hmm. for a living is (laughs) I serve Mm -hmm. black women in business and help them to understand how to use sales strategies to get the clients they want so that they Mm -hmm. can get paid by who they want to, when they want to. And the online marketplace and in person, I'm a sales strategist. Mm -hmm. And I've been gifted with so many experiences in life that make me um, the person that is the bridge builder between Black women and Mm -hmm. and their earnings. So um, that's the the short of the long, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but a little bit of long of the short of who I am. Wow. Wow. That is powerful. Powerful. I mean, it's it's like you re- you never really know what someone has gone through or is going through, right. and the fact that you know you see the 
the glitz and glamour, but it's like, man, if you you don't know my story, like it took a lot to get here. I've been through so much. Absolutely. And just to still be shining through, I'm sure your grandmother's proud, your lineage is like proud of you, your ancestors. That's just powerful all in itself. So thank you for sharing that. And I appreciate that so very much. Hey, billionaires. I am so excited about this episode. And I just jumped in just to tell you to grab your pen and paper and get ready to take some notes from this amazing woman, Miss Bria Hash. Y'all, she's going to drop endless gems and I want you to be prepared for it. And also, I want you to hear a word from our sponsors. Y'all, stay tuned. Hey, billionaires, don't forget to support today's sponsor, Mima's Flavor Lemonade, serving up that freshly squeezed lemonade right here in the DMV. They are a dynamic mommy-daughter duo, and I can honestly say that I love all of their flavor lemonades. Freshly made, no additives, no preservatives, and no high fructose corn syrup. So don't forget to check them out. They are a Black-owned business, and they are future billionaire Black women. Um, wow. Taking it back. <laughs> but, <laughs> you've been with me for a long time, and I don't think you've ever heard that. But no, yeah, that is, that is my origin story, and that is where wow. I come from, yeah. Yeah, I, mm, that is powerful. So what actually made you start? Well, you, okay, so let's take it back a little bit. You, I, since I've known you, you've had several different, um, I, I, for lack of a better word, themes when it comes to like your business programs. Mm-hmm. And so I know when I joined your, your, you, um, you were doing Biz Church, yeah. which I absolutely love. That's where, you know, I fell in love with your, um, your program. And now you transition to the Black Women's Sales Academy, which I am also a part of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got so much from Biz Church. And to be honest with you, I didn't, for me, it wasn't so much as the business structure of it. I got more in tune with myself. Mm. And then it eventually carried over and now it's carrying over into the billionaire black woman, you know, enterprise. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, it, 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 it started with me just wanting to do coaching, manifest coaching, but being in your program with Biz Church, I had deep, I dug deeper and it got me to whereas I'm thinking bigger and, and, and better and deeper and wanting to serve people more and be more authentic. So what made you start, if you want to take it a little back further back than Biz Church, but what made you start your coaching program altogether? Oh, yes. So my company name is 40. So the programs that I have, the one you mentioned, Biz Church is our marketing membership. Black Women's Sales Academy is our uh, full start to finish sales Mm -hmm. academy for Black women. But my company name itself is 40. And 40 Mm -hmm. is an acronym for our unity and mm-hmm. it's in a Dodge to 40, or it is a, a semblance of the Dodge 40 acres and a mule, because mm-hmm. I believe that the way we will get economic independence, freedom um, to expand and to get into enterprises through, through business. Um, and where this started was in my junior and senior year of college. Mm-hmm. So at this time, a lot of things were happening in the world. This is when like the, you know, the Ferguson verdict came out and there were just, you know, police shooting after police shooting. And I come from a, a, a place where, you know, it, it is very Southern. I live in Virginia mm-hmm. um, and I went to school in Virginia as well. And you just kind of learn to you know, just adapt and not to ruffle feathers and just to be the good, or I at least was conditioned to be the good and the safe black girl. And Mm -hmm. I remember just going and being able to be an amphibian and, you know, 
blend into all of these, or I should say chameleon, not an infant, but I've, I learned to be a chameleon and blend into all these spaces where I was always the safe bet. And mm. it wasn't until these events started happening that I realized that I was truly different and was looked at as different by the color of my skin. And I know that sounds weird and that's super naive, but when I started to recognize that it didn't matter every single day, I was going to wake up as a black woman and it didn't right. matter how much education I could get to cover that up or how much money I could get or how good I was to everyone else. It would mm. never stop certain people from feeling the way I felt just because or from feeling the way they felt about me just because of the color of my skin. I started to think about what I could do about it. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing I did under my business was to start a black owned business list in my hometown, Roanoke, Virginia. And what I found out about Roanoke, Virginia was that we had, I don't know if you've heard of, or have you heard of like what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma with like the um, race riots and the, the bombings of the black business, um, black yeah. wall street there. Yes, Black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had a same same and similar experience because during the, you know, the 1960s, there was a, a federal mandate of like redistricting. And um, essentially they were taking areas and gerrymandering them, taking them from black businesses and making them, you know, county areas specifically in the Roanoke, Virginia area. What actually happened was, our version of Black Wall Street got bulldozed. There were people still in buildings wow. when it got bulldozed. And this was back when, you know, you'll see like a, a, a neighborhood street and it will look like a house, but you go into it and it'll be like a dentist office or, mm -hmm. you know, it'll be a boutique. Like that's kind of how our, our homes were used during that period of time. Mm -hmm. So when I started the Black owned business list, I found out that we had this rich red book history of mm. all these black businesses. So 40 actually started as that. And it does not matter what business I've had since that point. It has always mm. had the purpose to liberate us economically. So mm. whether it was the anti-cliche VA mastermind or mm. if it was, you know, the cultural course creators camp, um, whether it was biz church, whether it's been the melanin marketer mentorship, all mm. of it every single thing I've done has been for black people, black businesses, so that we can get the cash that we need, the revenue that we need, the esteem that we need to live the life that we want, you know, mm -hmm. just to yeah. live in the freedom and the liberty of economic independence. Yeah. Wow. Yes. It's, and, and I don't think a lot, I know I, I watched this program that I, I can't, think of the name that it was but I remember just learning they definitely emphasized the Tulsa um, Black Wall Street um, happening, but then they also mentioned that it's hundreds of of states and and, and mm -hmm. small towns with that same story mm -hmm. like it's not the only you know Wall, Black Wall Street that was burned down in that mm -hmm. you know in that state in that time but it was it's a lot of towns like that mm -hmm. that we had choice yeah. Wow. We I had mean, no choice but to to have our own enterprise because we could not. You know, my mother went to school. You know, when it was segregated, she turned sixty this year, or or you know, this coming year. So, I mean, it's so close to us. We we feel mm -hmm. like you know, at times that is far away. I know we live in a reality where we can see and 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 yeah. feel that it's you know, um, very real the separation that we have by race. Right. Um, but it, it is. It did. It happened everywhere because we were dependent upon ourselves everywhere. And there is good in that, you know, having your own central space. And I know we do that now because, you know, you've been a part of this church and what would even attract you to this church would be supporting other black businesses. Yeah. We do that and we create our own virtual black wall street <laughs> as much as we can. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it is a necessity mm -hmm. for us to support, you know, our businesses so that we can thrive and so that we can have choices in, in this society. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, when it comes to you, so let me ask you this. When it comes to you being in business, how long have, have you been in business? From 2016. 2016. Yes, ma'am. Since 2016. Wow. 
You accomplished a lot. I thought it was mm-hmm. longer than that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I also forget you're just a little bit younger than me, just a little bit. Yes, yes. So <laughs> 2016 That's is amazing. when I started my business. And nice. I can remember the day, you know, I made the decision to leave my last nine to five. I've not mm-hmm. looked back since then. I haven't filled out a job application, no matter how difficult it's gotten. I haven't thought, you know, about walking back into a traditional nine mm-hmm. to five. Um, it, it literally that moment I was sold out about what I was doing within 30 mm-hmm. days. I had my first client. And that's really where I really understood mm-hmm. that I was, you know, adapt to sales. So I didn't call myself a sales strategist at that point. I was a virtual assistant um, mm-hmm. when I started my business in 2016. But what mm-hmm. I recognized was that what other people struggled with, you know, like getting clients to pay them or getting a person on a call or getting them to say yes, I didn't have that problem because I had my background in psychology and then I was trained in insurance sales um, at a Fortune 500 company owned by Warren Buffett. And, Mm. you know, people would come to me, they they were colleagues in the virtual assistant industry and they were just trying to make it. And they're like, Rhea, what are you doing differently? And I'm like, oh, you don't know? You just do it like this and you say (laughs) it like this and it's easy. And they're all looking at me like, what? And I'm like, Yeah. yeah, like, you just do it like, no, it's not a problem. You just tell them to do this this way and you'll get the sale. And they're like, okay. And they go out and they do and they come back and they're jumping up and down and they're like, you need to tell people about this. I didn't yeah. know that people didn't understand that. So yes, my business has been around since 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And that is why I think I've had such accelerated growth. Now with mm-hmm. the skill of sales, I've also been a person who's completely immersed myself in growth. And, you know, they say you need your, your 10,000 expert hours. I was so serious mm-hmm. about that. Like mm-hmm. really, really, really just earning my stripes in my industry mm-hmm. that I am a totally different person today than I was. I was still at my core, you know, my personality was yeah. a lot of the same and, you know, the, the individual I was, you know, is, is still a lot of the same, but I'm just completely mm-hmm. remade, um, based off of what God has allowed me to do during the period of time that I've had my business and who he's allowed me to become during this, mm-hmm. this time. So, yeah. So can you take us back to that day when you said enough is enough? Yeah. I'm not doing this no more. I'm 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 done. So what was what was those emotions like? Let's just let's marinate on that a little bit. What went through your head? Because and I'm asking that because I know a lot of people kind of feel that every day. Yeah. But what what what's your what was your breaking point? What did that look like? And you said I'm out. Yeah. So this is this is really interesting. You know, Ebony. You know, I, was, I always got to take you around the building. <laughs> I wish I could just tell you straight out. <laughs> No, you fine. This is my life, y'all. I can't just skip through it. Okay. (laughs) It's fine. I just want to know what did Bria say? Because I just want to really, because you always so calm, cool, and collected. And you're a Leo. Hello. So it's like, when we there, when you take us there, it is, we are there. And it's that. So so this is what actually happened. So Mm -hmm. my. Okay, wow. I can't believe I started this interview with that story because now I have to kind of fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. So after my paternal grandmother was killed, my Mm -hmm. grandmother's sister raised my dad and my aunt. Mm -hmm. And I was raised with my great aunt as my grandmother. In fact, I did not even know she was not my grandmother until one day I'm like in her house Mm -hmm. and my grandmother, who is, you know, my, my paternal grandmother, her name is Jacqueline and her sister's name was Maxine. Mm-hmm. My grandmother's Jacqueline's uh, best friend from like middle school had come to visit my grandmother, Maxine. Mm-hmm. And I walked in the house and she just started crying. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. I need to get out of here. <laughs> but she's crying because I look so much like my grandmother. And then eventually like the pieces started coming together and I started recognizing, oh, this is my aunt this isn't my grandmother but she raised me just like I was her granddaughter I spent so much time with her she taught me how to dance she you know she was like the first 
entrepreneur I knew because she was the candy lady in the neighborhood and she sold hats and she did bus trips and she sold snow cones and she was just the, you know, she was the side hustler, side hustler. She also, you know, worked in the school system for years and retired from them as a librarian. Mm-hmm. But I say all this to say, you know, she got um, terminally ill. Mm-hmm. She had cancer. And I was living in Virginia Beach at the time. And I can just remember one day, you know, because we we had a conversation every Tuesday. And I can remember week after week after week, we will get on and we just cut up and we talk anywhere from like four o'clock in the afternoon to like nine at night. We would just mm-hmm. talk and talk and talk. And she was just a talker. And then one day it was like that stopped. And she, the phone conversation went from four hours to four minutes. And mm-hmm. I realized, okay, this is getting bad. I'm not getting the information that I need. I don't know what's going on. And I can just remember working in my insurance job, the place where I learned sales um, and just literally telling them I needed to take a leave of absence and I needed to Mm -hmm. come to Roanoke to see about my grandmother. Mm -hmm. I went home, I looked at my daughter's dad and I said to her, my daughter wasn't born until last year, but at the Mm -hmm. time we were still together and I looked at him and I said, we need to move. Are you coming or not? He was like, well, I guess I'm coming. He was a good sport. Mm -hmm. We moved back home. Um, And during that period of time when we moved back home, I had like a a three-month window where I was living off of the uh, bonus checks from my insurance job. Mm -hmm. This was the worst thing that the the man, the people, the the world Mm -hmm. could have done was to give me that period of time where, yes, I was taking care of my grandmother, but I had freedom. So... Mm -hmm. I came back home and I I wasn't really rushing to get a job um, because I knew I would have my bonus checks and I would be able to live and all those different things. So I would get up and work out and, you know, make breakfast and, you know, have tea. You know, I love tea, you know, walk around the neighborhood with my uncle who's already retired. And, you know, I was just living. (laughs) I was living, right? And it was just like, oh, this this is what life is supposed to be like. So (laughs) I had a window of time where I was living and then I ended up getting a job and I went back to work. And before I went to that job, I did what I was supposed to do. I negotiated a salary. They told me they couldn't give me the salary that I wanted. So I went into that job making about $18 an hour. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, okay, and I was pushing it for my area because the area that I live in, the average hourly wage is about $12 an hour. You're doing good if you're getting $12 yeah. an hour during that time. So I negotiated. They said no, but I said to myself, just do it, you know, get money, do what mm-hmm. you need to do, and you'll find something else. Mm-hmm. So I went into that job and I lasted, I started that job in what, September? By November, mm-hmm. I was putting in my resignation. I gave them the best 60 days I had ever. <laughs> no, no way. Listen, listen you got to hear me. You got to hear me. Brissy, uh-uh, I'm out. Listen, I gave them the best 60 days because that's who I am. I yeah. will give you the best of what I have when I'm with you. I gave them the best of 60 days. I can remember the day where I decided, you know, that I was going to leave. And and I, I made all of these concessions in my mind. You know, I made mm-hmm. the decision. The decision was actually made for me on the day that Donald Trump was elected president. Oh, I woke wow. up and it was like two o'clock in the morning. I don't know if you remember that, but it took mm-hmm. a while for them to count and all those yeah. different things. And yeah. everybody went to sleep, hoping to wake up. And, you know, mm-hmm. while Hillary wasn't the the best bet or, you know, right. what everybody wanted, we definitely didn't want him. Exactly. And woke up and like his face was on the screen. I was like, okay, I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. So then I can remember going into work late that day. I worked out and then I got to work and it seemed like everybody in the office was just so happy. It felt like Christmas. Yeah. And I was like, yo, yeah. I can't do this. This Ooh. was in November. So, you know, lectures happen in November. Mm-hmm. By Thanksgiving break, I was getting my end of the year review. And mm-hmm. I told my boss that day, I said, listen, it's time for me to go. 
I will train my replacement because they were in shambles when I when I got there. So I will train my replacement. I will stay. I will stand it for them. But I was really seeing it for myself because I needed to work there a little bit longer. But I knew that I had an option to become a virtual assistant. And that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't want to take the leap. You know, I wanted to keep one foot in. I didn't want to just jump out. And mm. she like her eyes started welling up with tears. And I'm looking at her like, girl, what's wrong with you? You don't like me and I don't like you. <laughs> and she went to her boss, the, the dean of the college, because I was working in college admissions. And yeah. I can remember them pulling me into the office. And they were like, we are so sad to hear this. But we need to tell you that you're number one in the nation. And remember, I told you, I gave them my best 60 days. Yeah. They're like, you're number one in the nation. And I'm just looking like, first of all, if I'm in my end of my year review, you should have told me then on the record that I was number one in the nation. But then I recognized they didn't do that because they didn't want to pay me number one of the nation money because I'd already just come in negotiating with them. So they know that's on the brain. Um, And then the second thing they told me was this isn't a job where you put in your two weeks notice. If you're leaving, this is your last day. And I looked at them. I said, well, I guess it's my last day. The only thing I ask that you do is allow me to say goodbye to my students because this was a trade school where, you know, Mm -hmm. as the, you know, admissions counselor, the admissions person, I was literally like encouraging them every single day to keep going and to keep pressing and, Mm -hmm. you know, to take their second, third chance. And I just didn't want to leave them. So that's what I asked them to do. But the Mm -hmm. moment where I walked out of that door of, you know, of the the school, I literally mm-hmm. heard the soundtrack. I say this all the time and I start saying, I'm walking on sunshine. <laughs> I heard it because I was like, I'm I never going right. back. Yeah. Never, ever, never, ever, never going back mm-hmm. to a job. And I had to figure out how to make it work and what to do. And that that's really what it was like when I made that decision. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know. I know. <laughs> I know that feeling all too well. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, I done walked off of quite a few jobs. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't have to do this. I got other options. Mm-hmm. It's always great to have other streams of income. No, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much no matter what it really is, just always have a plan B that's great. But then sometimes enough is just enough. Yes. And when you get that mental, that mental and spiritual burden on you. Yep. oh god it's just it's just horrible yes and I looked around and I'm like hey nobody here looks happy everybody Uh -uh. here is overweight you know Mm. these people I don't everybody's drinking four cups of coffee to get through the day I don't want this I was smart enough to recognize Mm -hmm. that at that point in time that I wasn't falling into the measures of their success and you know I'm so Mm -hmm. big on that like not you know falling into what everybody else does. That's why we do the Unbecky Fire business series because it's like mm-hmm. Unbecky Fire thought process where you would want to achieve what other people are achieving just because they say you should versus following what is inside of you. Right. If I would have, you know, been caught up in their wind, I would have been trying to be the dean of the college instead of recognizing that mm-hmm. I was meant to reach thousands of people mm-hmm. that I was meant to, you know, take hundreds of people, help them to leave their jobs, to create their own income, to mm-hmm. assess their freedom in their future. And, you know, it, it's really important that we all, every single person that is listening to this, recognizing mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do on the planet and not getting caught up in what everybody else does. D- you know, do I advise everybody just to walk out of a job? No, I do not. Ebony, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I'm very strategic and you right. know, we have real bills and real responsibilities. And, you know, most yeah. of us have children and, you know, things that we are, you know, responsible for taking care of. But mm-hmm. with that being said, that doesn't mean that you don't get very, very intentional about what your life is supposed to be. Because mm-hmm. what drove me back then, you know, even when I was working in the insurance company, I had my other companies that I started. My first company was called a Smarter Grads Guide. And I wrote, um, a co- you know, college acceptance manuals for undergrad and graduate school for black students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked I changed my whole work schedule to accommodate my business. I went from working Mm -hmm. nine to five to working 12 hour shifts, four days a week so that I could then spend those other days working on my business. If I worked the 12 hour shifts, I will wake up at five in the morning to work it work out and then work on my business before then. That is, that was my driver because I could see and feel who I was supposed to be. And I had such a belief in myself that Mm -hmm. I didn't even need, cause you know, some people say if I can just get more time, I 
didn't even mm-hmm. need more time because I know you can't mm-hmm. create more time, but you can use the time that you have more efficiently. And I had such a belief in myself that even if it was 30 minutes, it was worth me investing it into myself to get mm-hmm. where I saw myself being. So I'm not mm-hmm. surprised, you know, sometimes the shape that my life is taking, uh, taken is a, a treat for me, but I'm never mm-hmm. surprised. Wow. That, it might be a treat, but I am not surprised about what has been done through my life because I always mm. had that belief that, mm. and I've always seen what I did with my resources too. So mm. I, I've always been a person that will take something and make it into something else. So I'm looking at myself, I'm like, yeah, girl, this is what you're supposed to do with your time, with your energy, with your resources, with your money, because this is who you are. Um, so I, I, it doesn't matter what shape my life takes, or if I'm working in nine to five, if I'm not, I know mm-hmm. who I am at my core and what I'm supposed to do for my people and for myself. So what, what is some, for someone that is kind of struggling with trying to see who they are or really accept who they are, or maybe someone that has like that, that burning that umph in them it's like always yearning for something more mm-hmm. it's like even when you're on the job is or it's like you you're doing the this same routine but you always have that burning desire to do something more like it's something that's always like something nagging at you a little bit just pricking mm-hmm. your heart pricking your soul like i need to be doing something else this mm-hmm. not what how do you what's your advice on encouraging on encouraging or helping someone to kind of find out basically their life purpose. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you would um, encourage someone to do that's hearing that voice? So what I honestly would encourage a person who is in a space where they are just trying to figure out who they actually are, because that is the burning question of life, right? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? Mm-hmm. the first thing that I would tell you or tell anyone is that you are a child of God. Mm-hmm. And if you look at God's nature and you look up in the sky right now and you see the stars or you look down at the ground and you see the grass and, you know, you think about how many species and variety of animals and insects and colors mm-hmm. and everything we know to be real and true Mm -hmm. it doesn't take long to figure out that god is an artist Mm -hmm. and god just like any other artist wants you to experience the work of their hands Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we often get so caught up in productivity and purpose and producing that we forget that our first obligation is just to experience Mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. experience the clouds experience the air experience mm-hmm. your environment where you are and release the need to be so critical of your environment and yourself most people that struggle with their purpose are also very very critical of themselves Mm-hmm. because it feels like this ticking time bomb like here's another day where I'm living with no existence so focus on your first duty as a human being which is to experience your environment and other people be present mm-hmm. that's the first thing the second thing is that you should complete the first small thing that was put on your heart complete it mm-hmm. complete the small things mm-hmm Because when you are very, very future focused or just seeking, you naturally want to become dot, 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 become Mm -hmm. that thing you see, become Mm -hmm. that thing you feel, become what everybody else is. It is a forward state of being. And what do we know? The past doesn't matter and the future does not exist. The Mm -hmm. only thing that is real is the present. present. So right now at present. What is the project? What is the task? What is the idea, the concept that you have in front of you and complete that? Mm-hmm. It may not be the ultimate thing. It shouldn't be the ultimate thing because life is so beautiful and expansive. There will always be another thing. 
Mm-hmm. But when you complete the first thing, the thing that is on your plate and on your table right now, the thing that's on your heart, the thing that's agitating you, the thing that you want to change, the thing you want to make better, the thing you're being called into right now, when you actually discipline yourself to focus, to create the skills it takes to get to the finish line, you will then have what you need to move forward. So my first company is Smarter Grass Guy was a terrible failure. Mm-hmm. I look back at it. And with the skills that I have now, I look at it and say, oh, my goodness, that's a million dollar company if Mm -hmm. I just would have known. But it Mm -hmm. wasn't for me to know back then. Right. And it's not for me to go back to it because I'm no longer interested in it. But what it was, it was a master class in hiring a team. So I need to hire a book editor. I need to hire a graphic designer. I needed to hire an animator. I needed to hire a web designer. I needed to manage them. I needed to see a project timeline through to the end. I needed to get out there and market myself. I needed to step into it, not so that it would be the most successful thing I would ever do, but so that I could start and so that I could begin the transition from corporate maven, you know, Mm -hmm. um, erudite, educated, academic to entrepreneur. Mm. So that was my transition period. And a lot of life will teach you if you let it, right? So if you're seeking your purpose and you're trying to figure out where, how, when am I going to become this thing, start with what's on your plate. So first thing, first experience, because that's your Mm -hmm. number one job as a human being. It's not to work. Right. It's not to drive yourself into the ground it is to experience Mm -hmm. god's majesty and the Mm -hmm. second thing i will say is to go with the first thing you have on your plate and allow yourself the discipline to finish it and then you will get your next steps and then you will have the skills that you need and then you will then be able to see okay here's the rest of the road that i should take and you won't see it all Mm -hmm. nobody knows everything that they're going to do in their life but you will see just enough to say, I trust myself to take the very next step. Yeah. Oh, that is that that's good, girl. I'm so glad I got my pen and paper. We tell them to be ready to receive and to grab their pen and paper. <laughs> be ready to receive when bread is on the line and hold your edge, honey. It's coming. Coming for him with no mercy. <laughs> I love oh it. Goodness. So, so just as a businesswoman, um, just you've been in the in the game for what almost six years now. Mm-hmm. I am pretty sure that you had those moments where you wanted to give up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure just being human, just you know, what keeps you going. We, what does those moments look like for Bria? And what keeps you going when you just want to give up, when just something just doesn't go right or it all goes wrong? Ebony, I don't know if this is my ego speaking, but <laughs> I don't ever want to give up. I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep it 1,000 with you. And oh. I'm almost afraid to say it because I'm like, God, don't give me that one. I don't, <laughs> right. want, I don't want the one that's going to make me want to give up. Please. Yes, I'm good. Yes. I'm good in this reality. I don't want that lesson. Just, uh-huh. just so we're clear. I'm not right. inviting that lesson to come. Exactly. But no matter how difficult things have all have gotten for me. And, and, and trust mm-hmm. me, you know, uh, you know, I'm not a person who stays in the valley when I'm in it. And I don't, I don't right. make people feel like they need to relate to me by my worst moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have had some, I can remember being pregnant and having $30 in my bank account. I can remember, mm-hmm. you know, the very first client I got, you know, four o'clock in the morning, sending me a message. Hey, you know, that contract we signed, I'm not going to honor it. I'm not moving forward. You know, I can remember mm-hmm. being in spaces and times where I'm looking at the payroll. I'm like, what we're bringing in is not what, um, is required mm-hmm. of me right now. And in, in all of those instances, I need like, I don't even need 10 hours. I need like 10 minutes. Give me 10 minutes. <laughs> I know that's right. I'm going to close my eyes for a minute. Let me meditate. You mm-hmm. know, let me take a nap. When I mm-hmm. get up, it's game time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So so for me, when it comes to those moments of giving up, I, I give myself a window and I set the time period. I say, okay, mm-hmm. is this a 10 minute thing or is this a 10 hour thing? Is this a one hour mm-hmm. thing or is this a one day thing? Okay, how long do I need to, to give myself? It, I don't need any more than 24 hours. 
Mm-hmm. Once I do that, I actually rest, you know, in those mm-hmm. periods of time. I don't continue to worry. I give myself the room to think because every single time there has been a gap in my life, whether it be money, whether it be time, no matter what resource or what, no matter what was absent, mm-hmm. I pray to God for the resource and God mm-hmm. always gave me an idea. Mm-hmm. So I have learned over time not to abuse myself because mm-hmm. if I am going to be the idea factory, if the miracles that have come into my life have always come through my mind, then guess what I have to do? Honor myself. Mm-hmm. So I've trained myself over time to never feel defeated and also pr- ask myself to produce an outcome. Yeah. So wow. I, honor my, I honor my body. I honor my mind. I say, I know who mm-hmm. you are and I've seen you get through this. So let's create some room for you. Let's create some space for you. What idea is going to get you out of this situation? What do you need to learn to become better the next time? What way do you need to bridge the gap? Because let me tell you something. I am not ashamed of a temporary uh, bridge or a temporary way to get to the other side. Because Mm -hmm. when you're in business, you know better, right? Like you have these habits and these behaviors and these knowledge base or a knowledge base where you know better. But sometimes Mm -hmm. you find yourself in the same situation. So your overall habit is to do things the right way, but you just Mm -hmm. find yourself in a place. I do not have a problem with being in that place and saying, you know what, your business works and it's amazing and it's a revenue generator. But right now you're having a cash flow issue. Wow. So safe to say, I mean, I think what what draw draw me to you the most out of all the other coaches that I have um, listened to and experienced, um, what draws me the most to you is the having a relationship with God. Yeah. And I, that, that's just the biggest thing for me. The mm-hmm. biggest, most important thing. I don't think I, my, my belief is that I just am nothing without God. Everything needs to come from him it all needs to tie back to him he is just the number one priority and so that is what really really um draw drew drew me to you and I like the fact that you don't force that either but you don't you're not ashamed of it you let it be known that you do have a relationship with God like prayer and meditation is very critical in your business plan Mm -hmm. Um, so um with that being said what is your advice to someone who, hmm, I don't want to say this, who wants to have a a successful business, but maybe not have the the belief. So maybe on some things that you might teach or or might say, they may be like, I, "Well, I don't know if I can meditate. I don't know how to pray." Like, what are some of your tips for someone who is in business who um, who when they need to take that time? And, and meditate is it how does that look for that person or what are some advice that you can give to that person who needs to take that break this is such a this is this is one of those god questions where i'm glad that you've okay. asked it and i believe that this is the question where the person has listened through this entire podcast and this is exactly what they needed that they didn't know that they would mm-hmm. need so Y'all got all of the sugar. It's time for some medicine. Here we go. All right. So (laughs) what I always tell people specifically in their business is that you cannot expect people, outsiders, clients, and customers to like you if you Mm -hmm. don't like you. Mm. Mm. And what people don't understand about a relationship with God. Cause when you say that it means different things to everybody. There is no one way that somebody is going to receive God. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's, it's up to your interpretation, how you receive God. But what I know is the times where you experience God and where God is present is when you are still. And what I know is that most people don't know how to be still, which is Mm. what is meditation and prayer, Mm -hmm. because they don't enjoy their own company. Oh, ouch. So 
if you're in business or if you're just a regular person, an individual, and you're struggling, like for instance, it's so easy. It's so pervasive. You know, you get home, you on the phone, you with the kids, you make a dinner, you listen to music, you on a podcast, you, you know, watching Netflix, you binge watching you. It is always so filled. Life is so filled with noise and stimulation. Yeah. Meditation for some, even Christians, is a turnoff. Hey, billionaires. This episode is sponsored by Nevermore of TheNevermore.com. Nevermore is a Shopify expert with over 10 years of branding, marketing, and sales for e-commerce. If you need a website home or just looking to update your own website, you need to check her out. Nevermore, that's N-E-V-A-R-M-O-O-R-E. The Nevermore of TheNevermore.com. She can be found on Instagram and her website herself, TheNevermore.com. That's N-E-V-A-R-M-O-O-R-E. Make sure y'all check her out. She is a future billionaire black woman. Hey, billionaires. I hope you are enjoying this episode. Listen, I wanted to drop in and just remind you that we are still accepting sponsors to be featured on the Billionaire Boss Talk podcast. So, If you have a business or an event that you want to highlight, make sure you DM us at Billionaire Boss Talk Podcast or send us an email at BillionaireBlackWoman at gmail.com so you can get your event or your business featured on the Billionaire Boss Talk Podcast. Doing this, you will get your information sent out to thousands of listeners. Remember, we are featured on all major podcast platforms including spotify google play and of course anchor get your business out there get your event out there and let us highlight you so more people can hear about you now back to the episode You know, it, you say that word and then they go, oh, you're into some some weird stuff. I'm mm-hmm. good on that. But what they don't recognize is they're tormented by stimulation when meditation and prayer is our reset button so that we can yeah. actually be in clarity and communion with ourselves and with God. Yeah. And if we're going to expect once again everyone else to be attached to us not only do we have to like ourselves we have to be friendly ground we have to be a friendly environment and -hmm. you cannot be a friendly space for other people to land when you are in constant consummation and when you're in constant confusion drop the mic you got a mic over there i need to drop it I do. <laughs> Drop the mic, honey. That is it. It's, it's done. Walk off. It's over. Oh, like, no, but I appreciate that. And I asked that question because in the entrepreneurial world, you know, it's just always about the hustle, hustle, mm-hmm, hustle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. work hard. 24 7, 25 8, nonstop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is how it's supposed to go. And me personally, I've always believed what you just said. It's important to take some time. You got to have some time for you to get to know you and become one with you and take care of yourself. Your cup is supposed to run over. Yes. Everything in the cup is for you. Everything that flows out of the cup is for everyone else. I'm so big on that. Yes. And just being an entrepreneur, businesswoman, it's like, you know, we are always taught to always. with it but it's like ultimately no you you, you gotta take some time for yourself yes and don't do that you you cannot serve other people but absolutely 
I'm just so glad you said that. And I hope one of our listeners, some of our listeners really take that in to the importance of just being still. Yes. Meditating, praying, just laying there with your eyes closed. It just something just for you. Yes. So that I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> so next question. What what keeps what keeps you going overall? I know you say you nothing really stops you, but what keeps what keeps Bria pumping? What what keeps you going with your businesses? It's it's honestly just a daily practice of exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Affirmation, prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, it you know, people some people think of religion as their practice, and that's where the term religion means, you know, to mm-hmm. to have a practice of you know, what you do on a weekly, on a daily basis, but my religion is what I know mm-hmm. helps me to operate in my optimal state. So my religion is gratitude. My religion is mm-hmm. affirmations, meditation, mm-hmm. you know, manifestation. My religion is taking my vitamins. My religion is working out, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what that does, it keeps me in a, a positive and not a deficit, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people get into the deficit and then they say, what do I need to do versus understanding mm-hmm. what works and continuously implementing that. So I never mm-hmm. get to the point where it's like, oh, I'm on negative 1000 and yeah. I need to get myself back to zero. It's like, oh, my zero is different because I'm a producer. So my yeah. zero is 500, not negative 500. Oh, my optimal is 1000. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, I don't have to get to the point where it's like gritting, where it's no cushion and, you know, nothing there. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I've been called to a higher standard. So mm-hmm. as a producer, I have to continuously filling my cup. And because yeah. of that, I don't have to get to the place where it's like, I'm decrepit. I'm barely moving. I'm not oh. able to do this. I'm depressed. You know, and, and, and some things happen by chance, right? But when you have, mm-hmm. when your 90% is refilling the cup, when the 10% happens, that's inevitable and will absolutely knock you out of the feet. It's so off your feet. It's so much easier to get back to the 90%. Yeah. Wow. I like that. I think that's what I do daily. Come now, on now. If you ain't learned nothing. I'm, man, I'm telling you, I treat myself to you. I told you about it, about I do my little staycations, mm-hmm. you know, just my little retreat somewhere in the city or in, in, um, in Virginia or Maryland. You know, I keep myself out when I'm when I'm working, you know, I, um, I drive a lot. So I stop and I treat myself to a nice restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, taking my break that way, you know, just taking some time for me, honoring me. You really definitely taught me that mm-hmm. for sure. I know I did it, but now I really am really accepting and understanding what it is that I'm doing. And it's not just to, you know, just say, oh, I, I went here and went there. But no, it's like I worked hard. Let me yeah. treat myself. I deserve this. Yes. I deserve this moment, no matter how big, no matter how small. Yes. So thank you. Thank you, Bria, for that. You're so, Bria, tell our listeners what about the what is, is the Black Women's Sales Academy? Because that is what I'm in right now. I'm so excited about it. Yes. I want you to share with the listeners more about the Black Women's Sales Academy. Yes. So absolutely. Black Women's Sales Academy is a cert- first start to finish sales academy created just for Black women to give us culturally responsive sales mm-hmm. strategies. So the sales space is dominated by the voices and the decisions of black or, or white men. And because of that, a lot of what is taught and widely received is out of alignment with who we are culturally. So we are people that care about community. We are mm-hmm. people that are very, very uh, intentional. We are people that are very, very saucy. Um, and we, we, we think about how people think about us, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we are told just keep calling and don't stop, that right. doesn't work for us, right? When right. we're told, you know, just pitch and, you know, do it cold, it doesn't work for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we need relationship. We need to have intention and strategy behind the actions that we take because mm-hmm. we are very, very, um, intuitive and connected people. So, I created Black Women's Sales Academy 
to really support black women who I believe are the culture setters who deserve mm-hmm. to win, who deserve, because listen, we are always looking to give to others, but we're very, very, um, we've been co- uh, uh, conditioned not to necessarily expect that of our, ourselves mm-hmm. that we receive and that we multiply. And I know that there are a lot of skilled black women that are connected to me, that are connected to you, who mm-hmm. have the skill, who can decorate a party to the nines, who can, you know, create a dress, who can do hair, do lashes, you know, mm-hmm. write a book, you know, coach somebody through their darkest moments, but just don't know how to actually acquire customers. And mm-hmm. Black Women's Sales Academy is the space where you learn how to do all of that. But it's not just teaching you information. What mm-hmm. I coined in our industry is called behavior-driven sales strategies. So which means that I'm focused on helping you to create the behaviors That will allow you to win. And notice that I didn't say actions because actions happen in one moment. Behaviors are a commitment to do it over and over again. And if you are looking to increase your sales, it is your behaviors that make a difference, not just Mm -hmm. what you do on a Tuesday. Oh, so (laughs) for your audience and for your (laughs) listeners, um, I would love to be connected with you all. You can find Mm. me on Instagram, on Twitter at Bria Hash. Black Women's Sales Academy. I will make sure that Ebony has the ability to give you the link, but you can find us blackwomensalesacademy.com. And I do have something for your listeners. So I would like to invite them to join us in the Black Women's Sale private Ooh. community where I often share trainings that do not happen on social media. So the one we're going into very, very soon is Unbecky Fire Business, mm-hmm. Six Figure and I'm going to basically pull back the curtain on the six-figure launch of Black Women's Sales Academy. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I know so many people who have been exposed to marketing and sales strategies. Mm-hmm. And, and most of all, marketing strategies, because not a lot of sales strategies are really taught. But they've been exposed to um, marketing strategies, but they don't necessarily know what to do when their back is against the wall. So what happens when you have a a grab bag of a bunch of tactics? Oh, I know how to get on Instagram or I'm going to put this tweet on Twitter or I'm going to do a Facebook live, but you don't know how to be in the middle of your race and say, am I meeting or missing my goals? By how much? What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. Um, You have a part of your toolbox field. And what I want Mm -hmm. people to do is come to the series and get the rest of the toolbox so that you can actually finish your race. Because if you think that plan A is going to work, you've already lost, right? So I would like to invite them to come and join us into Black Women's Sale, um, our community. So that's blackwomen with an E, sale.com. If you go there, you will be able to go ahead and get your spot in our private off social media community so I can protect your peace but not your edges. So come on and join us. <laughs> we would love to have you there. Um, and, and not to get that confused, Black Women's Cell mm-hmm. is our private free community. Black Women's Cell Academy is where mm-hmm. you get all of the information at one time working mm-hmm. with me and our team. So either way, whatever is best for you, but I definitely want you guys to join us in Black Women's Cell, our mm-hmm. private community. Yes. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. I wish you could see my face, girl. My teeth hurt. I'm over here grinning from it because I'm telling y'all the, the Black Women's Sales Academy. I mean, what we're only in week one, yeah. going into week two. And already, I mean, we Brand just did the orientation, Brand. honey. We haven't even yes. gotten to the this is the I mean, pre. This is the, the orientation. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let me get on my seatbelt with my scarf. Because here she come. I mean, if you really want to transform your business and ultimately transform your life, Black Women's Sales Academy is where you need to be. I encourage all of my listeners to please, please check them out. Please check out the website, Black Women Sales Academy. Black Women Sales, I'm sorry, dot com. Am I saying it right? The Black Women Sales Academy dot com for the academy. Black Women with an E, sell dot com for the co- private community that we have for you yes yes thank you so so much You're so, so welcome, Bria, i just want to say thank you thank you thank you and thank you some more for giving us your time i am so grateful that you took the time out to share with us drop some gems to share just 
you know, be a little bit more vulnerable with us. Just, I appreciate that. I appreciate your story. And I just want to say that you are an amazing woman, woman. And I mean, it's so much more for you. I already know that. I know there's so much more for you and I cannot wait to see you grow and prosper even more. And I can just be able to say, Hey, I know her. That's my girl. Yes. Always, <laughs> always. Listen, yes. I always tell people ain't nothing brand new about me. So yes. as I've ascended, I take my people with me and I'm just so yes. grateful to have, and to be a part of your journey. So thank you for having me on your podcast and I love you so much. Thank you. No problem, y'all. Make sure y'all follow and support Bria Hash. Bria Hash on Instagram. Am I right? Yep. Bria Hash on Instagram. And make sure y'all um, check out Black Women Sales Academy. It's an amazing program. Thank you, Bria, so much. I am Ebony B, the creator and CEO of Billionaire Black Woman, future billionaire, here with another future billionaire, Bria Hash. And I will look forward to talking to you guys in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Hey, billionaires. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the love and support and feedback that we receive from the Billionaire Boss Talk podcast listeners. I am so excited to announce that we are now accepting sponsors. So if you would like to make a one-time donation or if you would like to have your business or talent featured on the Billionaire Boss Talk podcast, we would love to have you. All you have to do is simply email us at billionaireblackwomen at gmail.com and we will send you all the information that you need to become a supporter. We thank you so much. I thank you so much for all the love and support, the likes, the shares, the comments, the positive feedback that I get for each episode and those who just really want to support us and do more for us. I am Ebony B, creator and CEO of Billionaire Black Woman and the Billionaire Boss Talk podcast. I hope to hear from you all. And I want to say thank you again for all the love and the support. And I'm looking to return the same thing. I will talk to y'all soon.